Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Corey Jackson. I almost threw in Shed Adamus right there, but if you guys really have been keeping up with this, my magic during the postseason for the NRL and the AFL did not really transfer across to, how should I say, the NFL postseason. But that is why this is called Outside the Sheds, and we talk about the world of the NRL, the AFL, Super League, all things that are footy, all things that are down under, or across the pond, or across the channel, as we would say. Whew! We won't talk about that, even though I will say, Shedheads, that we didn't do too bad. I think we broke about 50% uh, for the NFL picks this year. So, you know, it is what it is. We went out there, we had a good time, and and uh, you know where you make your money with me, and that is when we get to the postseason of the big time. NRL, AFL, as the great David Lindsay just said. Well, I hope, first off, as we start this, I hope wherever you're at, you're nice and snuggy warm. Uh, I know a lot of our, our, our friends and listeners down under are dealing with another COVID outbreak uh, in Victoria, so I hope that goes well and that you guys attack that and handle it. I've been watching quite a bit of Aussie Open, the AO. I've been watching a lot of Aussie Open and watched Nick Kyrgios last night battle and let Dominic team back in the door with one, one little miss by maybe two or three inches and the whole match switched. So that was kind of fun to watch. I've been paying attention and heard, and heard about what's going on with the Holiday Inn down there and how now everything's in lockdown for the next five days and how that could affect the um, a lot of the AFL teams as they get ready for the, the, the beginning of their season. But, you know, truthfully, that's not going to really make much of a difference to a lot of the NRL clubs for the standpoint that not many of them except for the Storm are, are in Victoria. But... So stay safe down there, guys, and, and and it's really cool to see you guys, how you handle it compared to a lot of other places. We won't start pointing fingers right now. But back to what I originally started talking about, I hope everyone's staying warm because where I'm at right now in the United States, I got to put on a stocking cap for the first time for a while, and that is awesome for me. I love a little bit of cold weather. Uh, somebody else who's very, very important in my life is not as much of a fan, but... I will tell you, I love it, uh, but it's going to be a very unique next four or five days in the South, uh, in the United States, and, and a lot about it. our country uh, is getting ready to deal with the chill of an Arctic blast. But that being said, welcome, guys. It's, it's, it's good to be with you again. Really excited about this week's episode of Outside the Sheds. Gonna have some fun. Gonna talk some footy. Did you did you did you feel that? Did you wait a second? Did you feel that? Yes, you did. Just like I did, because the excitement got amped to a Nick Kyrgios outburst in a fifth set. And what I mean by that is, I hope you're feeling the energy 
that we're going to feel and we're feeling right now. And the reason I'm saying this, the reason I'm so so amped, pumped, yeah, that's right, there's not a monster on my desk right now. There's no caffeine or java running through these veins. This is just straight passion, mate. Passion. And the passion is, we had some footy yesterday. That's right, the Cronulla Sharks took on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And the cool thing about this match that happened last night was this was a match for players that played under 12 first league games last season. So we got to see some of the players that really did not, quote unquote, make a showing uh, last season in the league as much as, you know, I know Jake Trindle uh, and and Luke Metcalf got a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a jolt late in the season after Sean Johnson went down with his Achilles injury, but I'm telling you something that Jake Trindle that guy he could be one of those players that I don't think gets a lot of respect. You don't hear about him being that guy that they're saying is the next future great one or or we've been watching this kid. I you know, I know some people have said things about him. But man, the stuff that that kid can do with a ball, his playmaking ability, he's fun to watch. And he was so fun last night that he let a come behind, excuse me, a come from behind victory for the Sharkies last night. They were down 22 to 20 at half to the Dragons. And they came back and won that game and came over the top of them 36-28. But I think a lot of the talk out of there was about the future for both St. George and Cronulla and in, in, in how their halves and their half pairings look strong coming forward. Now, you never know how players in this league are going to match up and how they're going to age because a lot of these guys, the one thing you notice is that they put some weight on. And that's when you start noticing that a guy has really taken that step forward. I think one of the one of the key players you can say that you, you're looking about that is if you look at any of the preseason footage of of Flanagan, of Kyle Flanagan with the Canterbury Bulldogs, you can see that Kyle is he's pretty jacked. And the one thing that I would not ever say about Kyle Flanagan before this season is that I would ever consider Kyle Flanagan jacked. Uh, when I saw him in person, when I went to the Cronulla match uh, a few seasons ago, a couple seasons ago, he didn't look like the biggest guy whatsoever. Uh, he, you know, he looked like you would expect a young guy to look who hadn't really started really attacking the weights the way that you need to and stuff like that. To, that's going to get you through a full 26 rounds. But looking at Kyle and the size that he's put on, it's kind of almost like a matter that when these guys start doing this, they start acknowledging that they've got to get their bodies ready for combat and ready for the full season. So I think a lot of these young guys that we saw last night in this match are guys that are works in progress. Uh, even though I, I think personally I would be playing probably Jake Trindle in the halves already for Cronulla. Uh, especially with Sean being down right now. But that's my decision, and, and I know Coach Morris makes a lot more money than I do making calls. But, you know, he's got this is a big call that Coach Morris is going to make because there's a lot of pressure on him to win now for Cronulla, which is sad because the guy has led them to two finals berths since he's taken over the club. Now, they haven't been finals berths that have resulted in much, but come on. You tell me a player that is good as Sean Johnson and what he means to a team 
and not being there to run out with your squad and to say that you expect to come over and win a match um, when you've got young, you know, mismatched players in the halves. And, and I think we all know the importance of a spine for a rugby league team. So that being said, you know, I'm I'm getting a full look at Jake Trindle because I don't think we're going to see Sean Johnson for at least the first six rounds of this new upcoming season. And I want to, you know, I want to blood the kid. I want to get the kid in there. I want to see what he's got. I think we saw some of it last year, but I really, really want to see coming out of the gate what he can show. You know, because I think Chad Townsend is going to be a, a, a great match for him. You got, you know, Trindle's playmaking skills and abilities, and, you, and then you've got Chad holding down the fort by making smart kicks and and just moving and directing the team around the field. Um, now, I know I've kind of gone off on a tangent here, but I think a lot of people are, are sleeping on Cronulla, and, and, I, and I've told you last week's episode how, you know, Andrew Fita being in shape and, and Matt Moylan looking really, really good and how they're going to allegedly start Matt Moylan in the halves, um, pairing him with Chad Townsend. But I would have gone in a totally different direction. I would... I would actually have uh, Matt Moylan either on the wing or I would actually put him back at fullback and put Trindle in the halves with Chad Townsend. Now, that all could happen a few weeks into the season, one or two weeks into the season. We don't know. And uh, with injuries that always happen in this this beautiful game that we love, we never really know what direction your team is going to have to go at. But that being said, Shedheads, we had footy. And I know that you can watch the match on some publications. I think they I, I actually saw it on NRL.com that you can watch that. I don't know if you have to subscribe. Um, I have to pay the big-time dollars to get all my, my, <laughs> my rugby league in to make sure I keep you guys updated on everything and to keep my pastime, my pastime, if you know what I mean, my passion strong. But that's how I wanted to start this week because whenever we can talk about live footy, we talk about live footy. And I know what the AFL is going to be kicking off with some of their their preseasoning in the next couple of weeks, and I, we don't know how that's going to be affected since Victoria is such a uh, AFL hub, and with the things that are going on there for the, especially the next five days to see how um, contained they can keep the virus in in the city of of Melbourne, but. You know, it's just so great to see the game, and 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 you know we've got the All Star games next week, uh, and that kind of leads me to, to uh, another big story that was breaking, that due to the new COVID restrictions for Victoria, six Storm players are not going to be able to play in this this upcoming All Star game, and you've got some pretty big names here. You've got the the Fox, and not the one that plays around in my backyard, but Josh Adokar, the Bromwich brothers, Jesse and Kenny. Uh, this Ramus and Brandon Smith, uh, Nelson Asoba Salomona, um, and Jerome Hughes. Those guys are not going to be taking place or, or taking part in this big match that's coming up next week. And that is huge. Now, what this could actually show us, too, is that we might actually have Jeremy Marshall King and Benji Marshall possibly starting. And I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. Because, uh, you know, don't forget, like I said, when I when I announced that Benji's going to play in the All-Star game, I know South Sydney is putting uh, a mandate of how many minutes Benji can play. And I know his excitement is just being able to play with Jeremy Marshall King, his brother. But, you know, that is a huge out 
for the Maori All-Stars with Jerome Hughes not playing in the halves. And and I'm going to tell you something. I, I don't care if some people say his defense may, may be faltering a tad bit, but you're telling me that I can just insert Benji Marshall in there to, to bring some magic into a, a an offensive, fun-loving, let's-throw-the-ball-around-the-yard type of game? Well, hell, I don't think that's, that's, that's tough for me. I'm not going to have to think about that too long. But those are some big outs for this upcoming game, and I, I can't I can't really describe to you how excited I am for this game next weekend. Um, and I know it's this is, I think, the third season? I, I think so. You can always correct me, Shedheads. I'm here for it. I think it's the third season we've had this version of the Indigenous All-Stars against the Maori All-Stars. But there, it has really added a, a real boost and an energy to this game where we get to watch these two clubs and, and how they come out with such pride in this preseason. So that is going to be fun. Uh, I will, I think next week we'll try to do the podcast so we can talk about that match a little bit more before it happens. So we can go into maybe if we get some full starting lineups and if, you know, anybody else maybe gets injured in practice or whatever. So we can, so we can be, all of us can be 100% prepared for that game. I'm thinking it's going to be shown uh stateside on either maybe fox soccer channel or fs1 um and i will keep you updated too uh on next week's podcast to say where that game can be found hopefully it just will not be on the nrl app um well hopefully for all of you i know i'll be able to watch it on that but uh definitely something you guys might want to think about taking apart and, and getting subscribed to is the nrl and afl apps because I will tell you, if you love these games the way that I do, you will get your your full of the beautiful games. Um, and, and you get to hear a lot of pundits, a lot of um, different shows on there, uh, the fan, Vossi hosts, um, just some really, really good shows. Uh, and you get to, you know, you always get to listen to Hindmarsh and, 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 and his partner in crime. So... Little things like that. But we're a week away. We're a week away. So get excited. Get excited. Um, some other stories that we just had in our 4020 is Isaiah Yo has signed a new deal to keep him at Penrith until the 2020, the end of the 2024 season. I think that's kind of important because he has also been named as the co-captain with Nathan Cleary for the Penrith Panthers. So he, a guy that's been with Penrith since he was 17 years old it is good to see, as a 26-year-old player, that he has now, you know, knocked out another three and a half year contract to keep him with a club that I know means a lot to him. And I know there's added pressure when you get named a captain. Um, James Talmo, their ex-captain, has now been named the captain for the West Tigers, which I know he he really accepted um, with a lot of passion and emotion when they named him the captain of the Tigers. So. You know, it's good to see these clubs going forward, but a great, a great new deal for Isaiah Yo, uh, for him to be able to stay on with a team in a club that he really, really loves, and a club that I think he thinks really missed out on a big opportunity next year, and hopefully they can take him one game further this season. Other news that's breaking that I I just read is that we now are saying the weekend of March twenty sixth 
is when the Bedford Super League is going to kick up and go. I know we were all excited that they were going to start the exact same week as the NRL this year, that that March 11th start, which a lot of people were excited because it's the first time that we've had the Super League and the NRL going to start on the same day and the same weekend. Well, as all of us have braced for during this crazy time, and that is COVID makes everything fluid and makes everything, how should we say, not able to write it in number two pen. But a week later, and think about that, we have progressed so far that the Bedford Super League, which usually had started a month and a half before the NRL, is going to start a week after the NRL. Well, hold on. You know me and my mathematics skills two weeks after the NRL starts. Because like I just said, as I do one plus one equals three, uh, <laughs> the 26th is two weeks after the ble- the 11th. But, Wow. You know, I, I, it just shows you where we've come. And, and But I think one of the cool things about it is these leagues have to start close to the same time because we end the season this year with the Rugby League World Cup taking place in England. So you can't be messing around. And I think a lot of these organizations and clubs and, and, and leagues know that to, to to give the chance for the Rugby League World Cup to be the success that a lot of people are crossing their fingers that it's going to be, that we've got to get these guys a chance to get through the seasons, rest up a tad bit, and then go into camps with their countries. So, Bedford Super League, 26th, get ready. Because I think it's going to be a really fun season over in England. Uh, and, and, and yes, I haven't forgot about you too, Catalans. Um, but in the UK and in Europe... Um, so we'll see. It looks like it's going to be exciting. We've got some big players from down under that are going to be playing over there this year. So it's going to be an exciting competition all the way around. Now, let's transition and let's talk about a little bit of footy, a little bit of AFL. And I know one of the premier clubs in the AFL um, is the Collingwood Magpies. And I know all of us have, have read stories recently on how Collingwood has, I don't want to say fallen into dark times, but some news have come to life um, about some really big accusations about um, players that have played there and have, have, how should I say, comped some some racism and some things that nobody should have to feel. Um, You should never have to feel ostracized or felt different because of your faith or the color of your skin. And if you ever feel that, or if you're ever feeling that, at least nowadays, it seems like in some parts of the world and in some parts and and in some leagues, that that's taken not just with a grain of salt, but there has been some real pushes to make sure people feel comfortable. Now, Collingwood released a Do Better report a few weeks ago after they did an internal investigation on these racist claims and these racism claims. And their president, Eddie McGuire, came out and said it was a proud day. A proud day about the findings. Now, if you talk to the players in question, I don't think that the word proud day is what I would use about the findings. 
And I think Eddie McGuire, who's always been known a little bit as a boisterous bloke and a guy who doesn't mind any camera pointed his direction, especially with a smile on his face, thinking that, oh, I'll win him over with a little bit of a jowly smile. Didn't really work too well for old Eddie because Eddie McGuire, the, the, the president, who'd already talked about he was going to be moving on sooner than later, has now resigned uh, and stepped down effective immediately. And there's been rumors that he kind of felt some hands on his back. And if you guys don't know what that terminology means, it means that they were pushing him out the door. And, you know, I, I don't think there's a place for it. And I know that some people are, are, are tired of hearing the race card, but I always tell people that say they're tired of hearing the race card, just think if they were the race that, that was standing up and saying they were tired of being having that stuff thrown at them. And they, wouldn't, they maybe wouldn't say the same thing if it actually affected them. And I think that's the problem with, you know, there are definitely indigenous players and there's some players that have African-American descent. Um, we're seeing more of that coming in. Um, Daw with, with, with North, with North uh, Melbourne, the, the Kangaroos, and uh, Chol from the Richmond Tigers. But you're seeing, like we hope we always see, that there are all types of colors in the game. And we're seeing that a little bit more in the AFL. But the one thing that you don't want to do, and you, you hear the AFL really push for inclusion and how, we won't, how this stuff won't be accepted, but we know that you're always going to have an element that really, quote-unquote, does not like inclusion and likes it to stay country clubbish and, and everybody looks the same way inside there. And we've got to get past this. This is just not acceptable anymore. Um, if you're one of those people that, that are taking offense about what I'm saying, that you know, that we're all man and woman and, and, and that, you know, we just shouldn't be seen any differently than, you know, that dude over there or that young lady over there. Um, we're missing it, folks. And if your only, your only fanfare or your only, you know, I'm not, I'm not that way. Look, my favorite player is Michael Jordan. Well, you might want to look in the mirror a little bit harder, too, because MJ doesn't know who the hell you are. He doesn't know who you are. And, it would, and if he's sitting there drinking his $1,500 bottle of tequila and he's pouring himself a big tumbler of it, he still doesn't know who you are. So we need to diversify as, 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 as a species, uh, as, as a people, as one people. And, you know, hopefully Collingwood and every club, seeing what Collingwood is going through, is taking a hard look at themselves. It's taking a very, very hard look at themselves. And as I talk about things that are happening down in Australia and in England, blah, 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 trust me, America has it no better off. America doesn't understand it in some ways, too. I, you know, I just was reading a story about a school, a college in Virginia who told their players at one time they can take a knee if they want to, you know, protest or, or if they want to show their feeling right now in the national anthem. And now they totally backtracked on it and told the players, threatened them not to talk to ESPN and other places, um, and that here at this college, that isn't your First Amendment right to be able to protest. Which, again, isn't college where you go to learn about yourself? 
Isn't college where you go to learn what you believe right and wrong is? Isn't college where you, as they become a boy or a girl to a young man to a young lady and you learn about right and wrong? Oh, I'm sorry, unless the institution doesn't want you to learn that and this is how it is. But what I, the reason I said that is that we've got a, we've got a long way to go. And, you know, like I said, Collingwood making this stance and if they're doing a little bit of pushing on the back to Eddie McGuire to say, you know, we really don't like this and we really need to change and go forward and mean change and go forward. Hopefully that's a push in the right direction for all of us, not just these certain clubs, for all of us. And if, like I've always said, if it changes one person's mind about what right and wrong is and what racism is, good. It's done what it should. Now, speaking of movement and change, this one really caught me on the chin. That there is there there are some real rumblings, and now now becoming a little bit of a mild earthquake. That that the Hawthorne Hawks might be really looking at a hundred percent relocating to Tasmania. And if you know if you know the history of of Hawthorne, Hawthorne has always kind of embraced. Tasmania being their home away from home. And they even have a logo on their on their Guernsey or a, a a brand marketing or a you know whatever you want to call it. But there's a on their uniform is Tasmania. And their president, Jeff Kennett, has now really pushed that out there that 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 Hawthorne could relocate to Tasmania in the near future. And I know Tassie's been really pushing because they would love to have a team that they could call their own. A lot of them already call Hawthorne that. But it's kind of tough to call a team your team when they're not actually in your country and only come there every so often to play a few matches. And then they're back on the on the Freedom Bird, back to wherever they're flying in from. And I think this could be a huge, huge push. I know Tasmania wants this. I know Tasmania really would like a club that they call 100% their own. I know that the the the, the youth movement of of footy in Tasmania this would really help it in, in in bringing more Tasmanian players into the game. But I thought that was that was that really caught me on the chin um, because I know that there's been rumblings and talking about it. But when your president mentions something, and if it might be more than just a little bit of a ploy to get things pushed and get things going in a direction to make this possibly a a real possibility. Uh, Wow, that is really, really cool. And it gets me really, really excited that this could possibly uh, happen, plain and simple. So kudos to Tasmania and kudos to Hawthorne for even thinking about it as a possibility in their near future. So uh, it's going to be interesting to really, really see what really transpires from this. So that was our 4020. That was our big stories that are happening. Uh, as you know, with the seasons getting ready to ramp up with preseason and and us finding out about more injuries, is because unfortunately we all know guys go down with injuries, especially in any game. Somebody's going to get a knock. Uh, so let's just hope we make it through the All Stars match next weekend um, without with minimal injury going into it so we'll be talking a little bit more as we get closer and closer and closer to that march 11th kickoff and and um and with a lot of the preseason 
So let's go outside the bubble. Well, you heard me talk about it. I admit it. I got it wrong. Your shed Adamas whiffed at the Super Bowl. Now, we all know the outcome. We all know that that cult that is Brady fanism, the Tom Brady fans, uh, they remind me of another cult that we have in this country a little bit. Kind of scary. Uh, also kind of scary that Brady almost married into that. But that's something totally different. But I want to go into a little bit more detail. We know the score was 31-9 bucks for the Super Bowl. And we also know that Vegas does not get lines wrong often. And, and you remember me telling you last week that the spread for the game was Kansas City by three. I saw in most, in most uh, gambling agencies or whatever you want to say. So when, when Kansas City loses by 22 points when they were a, a, a team that was favored by three, Vegas doesn't usually get that wrong. Not by that much. And I, and I really want you guys, if, you, if, you, if you're big fans of the game, if you've paid attention, if you know what the heck you're talking about, and this isn't your one game a year, or if you don't watch the Super Bowl usually because you love the commercials, you love to watch the Anheuser-Busch Budweiser horses, that's the only reason you're watching the game because you're hoping to do that, or wondering if Doritos' new commercial is going to look good. If you really pay attention, and you're not drinking out of the chalice of Brady, listen. I listened before the game, and Bill Romanowski, the ex-player, the ex-NFL player that played for the Broncos and the Raiders, Romanowski said something, that, and, and Romo, if everybody knows about Romo, was a hard-hitting, mean SOB. Uh, he, he, you know, a lot of people think that Bill juiced. Um, Romo will always tell you he didn't. Romo lives in his own world sometimes. But one thing Romo is, when he talks about the game, is very honest. He doesn't pull punch. And when I heard Romo break down the game before it happened... He said that the reason he thought Tampa Bay would win is because in the Super Bowl, referees do not call holding penalties as closely. They let the guys play. And he thought that Tampa Bay would double-team Tyreek Hill, tug him, grab him, make him uncomfortable, all of that, right? And he said that was the reason he thought that Tampa would win was because they were going to be tagging, they were going to be hugging and grabbing and pulling and just making Kelsey and and Tyreek very uncomfortable. Well, with Romo saying that, and with me watching, I can't count how many Super Bowls, that's one of the fun things. That's one of the reasons, as we segue away from football, I, I, I think everybody loves NHL postseason hockey. Because the referees put away the whistles. They let the guys get into it. They let a little bit of the animosity build up between teams. They let them play. Let me say that one more time. They let them play. Because guess what? I don't watch the Super Bowl. I don't watch the NBA Finals. I don't watch the NRL Finals. I don't watch the AFL Finals. To see a guy in a zebra uniform with a whistle in his mouth trying to conduct traffic like he's out on the corner of your street and an accident just happened. I don't want to watch a game like that. I want to watch the athletes be athletes. I want to watch the players win the game. Period. 
And I always say any good sporting event is a sporting event I didn't even realize the referees were there. Period. Period. End of story. If that's not what you believe, you're full of crap. Because if the if the whistles start going against your team, that's the first thing you say. So, with that being said, let's go back to the Super Bowl now. That first half of the Super Bowl was one of the worst first half I've ever seen. It was some of the worst refereeing I've ever seen. And that the penalty count was eight penalties to one against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you don't understand how much of a indentation and how much of an imprint of a change that made for that game, you are an idiot and go watch Rachel Ray right now. Just turn off the podcast, go the other direction. And I'm sorry you're gone, but thank God you're gone because you have no idea what the heck sport is. Now, with that being said, and why this is so important is I want to break this down to you. A quarterback as good as Tom Brady. And right now, is Tom Brady a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? Hell no, he's not. Period. Tom Brady's arm cannot do the things Patrick Mahomes' arm can do. It just it's Tom Brady will tell you he's not as good of a quarterback as Patrick Mahomes right now. Now Tom will say he's 43 years old and that he rubs avocado in his joints and, and has avocado ice cream or if or or drinks avocado tequila like he tweeted uh after their Super Bowl party, boat party when he pulled up in his 2 million dollar yacht. That's something else. But what I'm trying to say is Tom Brady though is an incredible quarterback. And on his three touchdown passes that Brady threw in the first half, every single one of those drives was kept alive because of a third down penalty after Tampa Bay failed to convert on third down. And you cannot give a quarterback as good as as Tom Brady, who's been in the Super Bowl as much as Tom Brady, who is as comfortable in the game as Tom Brady, who got to sleep in his own bloody bed the day before the Super Bowl as Tom Brady because no team, like you didn't hear this one, right? No team has ever hosted a Super Bowl game in their home stadium. Okay, all right, I've heard that. But what I'm saying is you cannot give a quarterback of the pedigree of Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, you cannot give them calls like that and give them second life. You can't do it. It it there's a reason the guy threw three touchdown passes like that. And the reason that he had failed to convert on third down. And also, let's think about the defensive side of the ball here for a second. The Kansas City Chiefs are a bump team. They're a bump defensive secondary. A bump and run. They're going to hit you. They're going to mix it up with you. They're going to pull you a little bit. They're going to move you around. But guess what? They've been doing that all season, folks. Shedheads, they've been doing that all season. And if they would have been flagged like that all season, guess what they don't do when the Super Bowl comes up? They don't continue to play defense that way. You change as a defensive scheme. Your coaches change you if you keep getting flagged that way. Or you know what is sitting on the bench. And that changes how a defensive secondary starts to do. How they they start trying to play different. Because they're thinking that every single thing they do, you're going to throw a flag at. And when we're talking about NFL elite quarterbacks, they only need that split second to complete a pass. 
And that split second could be a matter of, should I grab him right now or shouldn't I? Should I try to put my hands on him right now or shouldn't I? And that changes the way the game flows. So now am I saying right now that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wouldn't have won the Super Bowl? I'm not saying that. But if you take away 21 points and you and you give them 10 from field goals that they probably would have made or had to make or a field goal and maybe they would have gone for it on fourth down which they wouldn't have because where the ball was at. Now you're going into halftime with a let's say a 13 to 6 game. A 10 to 6 game, a 10 to 3 game. It, it changes everything. It changes the entire complexion, the way a team is going to come out and try to force the issue in the second half. Because the Chiefs now know going into the, the halftime and the deficit they were, they've got to be more explosive. They've got to put their quarterback with a bad toe and with a busted offensive line. They've got to take chances with him instead of letting the game come to them, letting the game play out. They have to push the issue. And last time I checked, the Buccaneers barely did anything in the second half offensively. Their defense played lights out. Tampa, I'm not taking anything away from you. But I'm going to tell you something right now. You guys would be livid. that Your Tom Brady chalice would not be shining right now if the penalties were 8-1 to one for the Chiefs in the first half. It is the most penalties and yardage in Super Bowl history for a half of football. Period. End of story. It's fact. So why I'm so passionate about this is you don't watch a season to get up to the biggest game, the biggest, the biggest, how should I say, the, the, the grand stage, right? You've been saving up for those Hamilton tickets forever. And all of a sudden, you go in there and you sit down and Lin-Manuel doesn't come out to play Hamilton. You're like, what the hell is this? Why is Will Ferrell playing Hamilton tonight? You're not happy. And if this was not my job to come here once a week with you guys to speak from my heart, and you you guys know that's what I do here. You're Shed Adamas. Corey Jackson, the host of Outside the Sheds, is going to tell you how it is. You may not want to hear it. It may freaking smack you in the face. But if I stand this long on a topic to talk to you about it, it isn't smoke. It isn't just a little little ember in the ashtray. There's fire here. There is fire here. So, that being said, again, yes, the Buccaneers won the game. But do I think that that game was manipulated in some ways? Heck yes, I do. Do I think that I'm not saying that a call came down from Goodell saying to call everything on the Chiefs that you can, but it sure looks shadier and all get out. And that's one of the reasons I've never been the biggest gambler and why I'm not really happy that gambling has become legalized. Because unfortunately, you have another element in sport, and that is referees. And the NBA had to find that out seasons ago when one of their referees came out and said that he had been in, in fixing games. You only have to make a few calls to change the outcome of the game. And those three calls 
in the first half to give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first downs when the when the Kansas City defense had stopped them. And the pass interference call that was in pass interference when legs got tangled up. You don't throw that. And when I played the game, the number one thing is when the ball was uncatchable, there's a sign that referees have that it was uncatchable. They were uncatchable balls. And you're still throwing flags on it. The reason you have an NFL crew of umpires, officials, and they use that word, crew, is so those idiots can get together to make the right call. Like, oh no, Joe, that ball was uncatchable. It land, He was on the 20 and the ball landed 10, 10 rows out of bounds. It's an uncatchable ball. Unless you're a Ferrari, you're not catching up to it. Anyway, so to say that I thought that game was utter shite, as they would say in some parts of the world, is an understatement. Because they didn't let the two teams play. They didn't let the two teams play. Because they didn't have a same, how should I say, playing field. Because the officials got involved. And like I said, when when officials have to stand up and try to, quote unquote, make a... Uh, make a uh, this is why we call the game this way and and that means something's wrong because I don't want to have to listen to the officials report I don't want to have to hear the officials sit down and making a case and I don't care that one of the officials is a lady great I'm happy you have a, a way for you to put your ponytail through the back of the hat I don't care I don't care but at least give me some officials that know when to make a call and when to keep the freaking laundry in their back pocket. That being said, I'm done with this topic. It is now almost footy season. So, NFL, you're not going to ruin the next eight months of my life because the games that we love, I'm going to be following. So, another big story that just hit today outside the bubble is that the Houston Texans continue to be the Houston Texans. What a train wreck in that 80% humidity city. I, 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 I can't even fathom what you folks that are Houston Texans fans must feel following these imbeciles. And that's not the players. That is the ownership of the Houston Texans. When you hear your when you tell your star quarterback that you're going to pick his brain when you're going to hire a new head coach, well guess what? That quarterback is waiting for you to call him or text him or say, "Hey, Deshaun, what do you think about this? Can you tell me what you think about this?" That's what he's expecting. Now, guess what? You don't even have to go in the direction he says. But when you tell him you're going to reach out to him, Guess what? You're going to reach out to him. You think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to Tom Brady? Hey, Tom, uh, we might be reaching out uh, a little bit later on about some possible receivers that we're thinking about bringing in to put on your stable of wide receivers. And then they ne- that Brady never hears from him. They never contact Brady. You think that goes over? Heck no, it doesn't go over. So now, after I say it, I hope you understand why Deshaun Watson is saying, I want out of 80% humidity town. I want to leave. Out. Please trade me. Now, Deshaun doesn't have a lot of power in that standpoint because he's got a contract signed. But you know what? Deshaun Watson 
And what we found out from players of, of, of this era have a way of forcing their way out of contracts and out of cities. Because the last thing you're going to be able to do with a new coach coming in, a new GM coming in, is not have a quarterback that is, quote-unquote, not going to play for you. And I think for sure that Deshaun Watson is going to get moved. I don't know where he's going to get moved to. Um, There's a lot of rumblings that he could be going to Miami and that Tua Tagovailoa could be coming back towards the Houston Texans. Now, I don't wish that upon anybody. But, you know, there was a while there they said the Jets were in the running. But like any smart quarterback, Deshaun Watson is now pushing back. I really don't want to go to the New York Jets. We'll let Sam Darnold continue to hold that. But this is not what this story is about. This story that that broke today is that J.J. Watt, their other face of the franchise, has been released. So now... In a matter of months, the Houston Texans have turned into such a brush fire. Their quarterback wants out, and their second most known player has been released so he can sign with a team because he's like, I do not want to be a part of a rebuilding process. And why would J.J. Watt want to be part of a rebuilding process? Why the heck, after 10 seasons with a club, would he want to go through another rebuild and think that he has a chance of winning a Super Bowl? One of the reasons he's forcing his way out is because he knows deep down. If you listen to what he said when they walked off the field after their last game, they mic'd it up. J.J. Watt apologizes to Deshaun Watson, and he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this season. Because he knows that Deshaun Watson was handed a butter knife to go into a musket battle. It's, It's horrible. It's sad. And if you're a Texans fan, like I told West Tigers fan weeks ago, uh, like I told Dallas Cowboys fans who continue to drink at the chalice of Jared Jones, don't buy their gear. Don't go to their games. Heck, you can watch any game you want to on your computer right now. And and guess what? The beer is a dollar a can because you bought a case of it. The queso and the chips you throw in your home cooker cost you 32 cents an ounce maybe less, and you have your own lazy boy. And you might have a beautiful wife that you can put in a jersey that looks better than any of the cheerleaders on the field. What I'm saying is, don't get caught up in that mental thing was I've got to support my team. You know what you're supporting? You're supporting Jerry Jones's yacht money gas, his gas yacht money. So, what I'm saying is, You've got to, the only way you can let your franchise and your club know that you're disenchanted with their direction is affect them the only way you can, and that is their pocketbook. Do not give them money. We're Americans when I'm talking about this story. We probably have way too many jerseys, t-shirts, hats of that club anyway. Wear another wear one of the ones you already own. Period. Done. So, that being said, it sounds like J.J. Watt, that they're not really sure. But I'll tell you where I think he's going to end up. I think he's going to end up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's going to be Watt on Watt on Watt violence because his two brothers play there. And I think they're going to make a play for him. The, you know, the Pouncey brothers both retired today. 
on the same day. Uh, and I think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to change his contract so we can have another season up in Pittsburgh. And I think the Steelers will make a, a huge push for him. Now, I think also that the, that the Green Bay Packers, you know, J.J. Watt is a big Wisconsin boy. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers come knocking on the door for him. And then they, I think an outside, outlying team is the Buffalo Bills. Stephon Diggs and some of those guys have already started to reach out to J.J. Watt to let him know about what's being built up there in Buffalo. So who cares where he goes? It's just so sad of uh, being a fan of a franchise like the Houston Texans that you're going to watch a guy that you've loved, that you've watched for 10 years, play with such pride with that jersey, leave. And with nothing to show for it, unfortunately. No trophies, um, you know, just hard work. So this is a story that we'll be following about his landing. Uh, I think a lot of things are going to be coming up in the next few weeks. I know Carson Wentz. There's big, big rumors that it's down to two teams where the, the, the Eagles are going to trade Carson Wentz to, either to the Colts or the, or the Chicago Bears. What? Chicago? You don't believe in Mitch Trubisky? What? What? Anyway, so, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot of movement. There's a lot of quarterbacks. You know, there's smoke now going on that Russell Wilson might want out of Seattle. And the Seahawks would be insane to get rid of him, but it sounds like the Hawks are mad that Russell Wilson is talking how he's tired of waking up on his back all the time. He's not getting the protection that he needs. And if it wasn't for his ability to be mobile, Russell Wilson would probably be on the on on probably an obituary in a paper somewhere. I'm like, he's not the biggest quarterback in the world, shedheads. And he's running for his life week in and week out. Now, the problem is this goes back to Brady again. The problem for your Aaron Rodgers, your Deshaun Watsons, your Russell Wilsons, your Matthew Staffords, these guys are looking at what happens when a quarterback can go to a franchise and say, this is what I need to succeed. Now, get behind me, get me what I need, get out of my way, and let me win some bloody games. And don't forget who was sitting there right next to Roger Goodell at the Super Bowl watching this was Russell Wilson with his wife, Sierra. Winning, congratulations, Russell, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And Russell Wilson's looking at this going, huh, look at this old guy out in the field again getting over. And I got to go back to running for my life next season because my team is probably going to trade down and not give me some offensive line help. It's just, it's insane. But again, I think what we're seeing is a lot of the power is now being handed back to the player. And, you know, I've, I've talked until I've been blue in the face here on Outside the Sheds about, about, about players leaving their contracts uh, in the NRL recently and breaking contract to go with another club. But guess what? If you've got the power to do it and you don't see that your franchise is actually trying to do what's right, you know, why are you going to put your body through that again? Now, I think Russell Wilson will end up staying in, in Seattle and they'll end up giving him what he needs because he works with children like there's no tomorrow and works for, not, you know, organizations that helps children. And he's a future Hall of Famer. 
And if it wasn't for Pete Carroll's boneheadedness, he would have two Super Bowl rings. But there's a lot of guys that I don't know. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. I don't know if Jimmy G is going back to San Francisco. I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy G doesn't end up back with the New England Patriots. Where he should have been there all along if it wasn't for Tom Brady pushing him out the door because he didn't like a guy looking over his shoulder. So, I think this offseason is going to be a crazy one for the NFL. I think you're going to see some teams really bungle it. And I think you're going to see some teams really take some, some, some positive steps saying, we want to win now. And I think as a, a fan of franchises, that's all you want to see is your team trying to win and setting your team up in the best possible position to win. So, it's going to be a fun offseason, Shedheads, and I have no idea what to really expect. But I'm done ranting. I'm done raving. Uh, make sure you watch the, the 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 Gilbert fight tomorrow night. UFC, uh, Usman and and Gilbert are going to throw down. I just watched the weigh-in right before I came on the air with you guys. That was a pretty pretty nice stare down. Uh, again, Dana White's not wearing a mask when he's making all the fighters wear masks at the weigh-ins. But hey, I don't work for the guy, so I don't have to worry about that. But so make sure you check that out. Uh, make sure you check out tomorrow night. We've got Golden State taking on Brooklyn. So Kate, it sounds like KD is going to be back for that game, that he's going to be released from his COVID protocol, and that he will be taking place, uh, be on the floor for Brook- the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night. So that's going to be a firework match, and that is a primetime game on ABC tomorrow night. So you'll be able to watch that and then flip it over to watch Usman and, and Gilbert get down, and then you'll be able to flip over down under for the AO. And make sure you support the Australian Open and watch it because, like I said, with that lockdown and no fans being in the crowd, um, let's give as much support as we can to our, our friends, family members, brothers and sisters down in Victoria and Melbourne and uh, support the AO and, 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 not, and not give up on these people that are actually trying to, to battle this virus the right way. But that being said... I'm done with you, shedheads. You're released. School's out for the weekend. Until next week, please be safe. Please wear your toque. And if you don't have a cool toque, that's on you because I've got a couple of them. Stay warm. Stay safe. Stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, the Shed Adamus, Corey Jackson. See you next week. See ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.